Cheers to episode 58. Hey, nice cup, man. Thanks. High noon, sun sips, vodka and soda, pineapple, made with real juice, real flavor. Great flavor. Great flavor. I'm just drinking water today. Yeah, it's after 10. Uh, It's it's water for me. I have a watermelon one on deck. (laughs) Oh! What are you doing tonight? (laughs) The bar's after. Just kidding. Uh, But as Alex alluded to, it is Monday, February 7th. Welcome to the number one sports podcast in Michigan, reverberating throughout your eardrums. Late night tonight. And Jim Harbaugh is the new coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wait, that didn't actually happen. Uh, There was some bad reporting this week. Blue balls. Sorry. We have a lot a lot to get to. We're going to be a very phenomenal show tonight. I feel it. Let's preview it. Weekly recaps. We got the saga between Harbaugh, Gaddis as well, Fallout. Then we have some college basketball updates. Not the best weekend for mm. the teams, but always a chance mm. to get better here as we get closer and closer to March. The Super Bowl, my goodness, Stafford's in it. Evans quarterback, his lover boy, his man, his crush in the Super Bowl, and then we have some fantastic life miscellaneous fan questions. We have fan questions sprinkled throughout, but the people finally stepped up and started asking questions about their life, and who better than us three idiots to answer them? I can't think of a better trio. Um, Now, listen, this is a week end that will go down in the history of Michigan football. There could be a whole chapter written about this post-playoff fallout but before we get into that let's get into what our weeks were like i want to hear from evan cadmus first how was your week anything notable or cool or tragic whatever (laughs) maybe not tragic it's a little late for that um this week nothing special um snowstorm blew through like 95 percent of the state of michigan fresh pop out yep got about 10 inches, I would say, up here. 8 to 10 inches. Rough estimate. You know, just eyeballing it, spitballing it. Um, That was probably the excitement. You know, in the words of our good friend Luke, I put in a shift on Monday, you know, just wasting my day away. Didn't Wasn't productive on anything. Uh, and then this weekend, you know, fixed some financial situations. And then I went back out to an old classic, got my feet wet Saturday night, um had friends were up here and so went back to harper's for the um, first time in i think nearly two I've, years i haven't been there in at the least harp two years. show the Maybe harp more. show probably three the harpoon um the harpoonani it is not the same i feel super old uh walked in there and i was like oh my gosh i am the oldest person in this bar right now i could worse feel than it. ricks i could see it. it it was just as bad as ricks of the oh, the age, gross. Harper's has lost its touch. It is not strict anymore. It is basically letting anybody in. Oh wow! Like they had, two, they had three to keep years up with ago, Ricks. yeah, I guess two three years ago it was uh, it was super strict. Nowadays they they are letting anybody in. Um, wow. Get in. It was nice. You know, music still below average there, uh, but it is like jam packed. It is. They're battling in there. And you know, being five six it doesn't look really uncomfortable. Help. It doesn't really height, help. And I am just getting bodied by anybody that walks by me that is like anywhere taller than me. Hmm. Um had a decent time, had a pretty good time with everybody. 
with all uh, that being said i i mean i enjoyed myself i mean out at the bars with friends is always a good time um other than that i think that was the highlight of the weekend yeah I'm telling you what, boys, we're like two years away from the actual country bar grand opening that I've been thinking in East Lansing happening. I feel like the more and more I hear about the horror, not horror stories, but things could be better in the East Lansing bar scene. There's a market there and we need to tap that market. Yeah. Well, my dad and his friends, they just, they were telling me just on Sunday, you know, a bar is just a terrible idea. So, (laughs) but we have to say that. Of your dad's friends, we have a plug for commercial real estate. So we have the inside track. Yeah, and that commercial real estate guy said it's a terrible idea. So was he sober but, or drunk when he said this? Sober. Uh, we need to get him drunk. The bo- this is when the bottle get- was starting to get passed. We need to get him drunk first. And then they'll be like, yes, let's do it. Coyote Joe's. Uh Alex, your weekend of festivities. Uh, Friday, I went to the bars with some pals, had a good time, probably drank more than I needed to. Uh, Saturday morning, big Bob Evans, uh, reminisce, uh, breakfast, you know, talked about high school. Evan, we talked about you and why guy quite a bit, just memories with the Cadmus family. Wyatt stole the show of breakfast. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't even so many... So many things about why they're so hilarious in his life. Some of the moments. Um, so we talked about that. That was good. Poopy and then Saturday didn't do a whole lot of anything because I had to get up the next morning at like five thirty to go bird hunting in the the Grand Rapids area. So I did a European style hunt. It's like a tower hunt. There was no actual tower. But we basically are lined up at stations in a circle, and then these two dudes in the middle are, like, throwing these live pheasants, and then they fly up, and if they go in your direction, you pop it, or you at least try to. I think in during that portion of the hunt, I was uh, like two for 16 shooting. Oh, like Jared so, Goff. So not my best. <laughs> like a Jared Goff um, stat line. Like Michigan State yep. in the second half. Wow. And then in the second portion of the hunt, we take took the dogs, my my dog, and she runs around and she like pokes the birds up and points at them and they fly up in the air. During that portion, one for one. So not too bad. Mm, always about completion percentage, it's never about quantity, it's all about quality. One for one, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a long day. Didn't get back here until nine PM. So it was a good six AM to nine PM day. Nice. Good times. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and the b- beautiful thing about that is we didn't want a PETA sponsorship anyways. So if they were thinking about it, uh, just know that we're we not didn't your guys. Really want one. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're not your guys. We're not. I killed a bug on our ski trip too, so I'm definitely not your guy. <laughs> Same thing as the hunt. Uh, yeah, my weekly recap similar. is similar to Evan uh, in the terms of feeling old. I threw my back out this week, oh which was a alarming thing to Forgot do. Forgot about that. Oh and it's the only notable thing I have. And how it happened was just because I reintroduced the game of basketball into my life. And you're thinking, okay, he was doing some five-on-five action. No, I was just simply shooting around myself and played a game of one-on-one against Alex. And I just a, did like fifty percent one on one. We weren't even trying. I just did too many like individual moves of landing on two and jump stops, which are crucial and overlooked in this game. And I threw out my back from like just the shock of landing and jumping, that's, which that's I haven't done in like two years. Right that is power right there. 
I do have heavy jump stops. I don't do anything light on my feet. They're heavy jump stops and it just hurt, but now I'm good. So we're back. Uh, I did feel a little pull today when I was carrying in my groceries, one trip only, all the groceries on my right arm. Um, it definitely hurt a little bit, but for the most part, we're back. Try That's not to a- hurt anybody, please. Oh, it's kind of hard when you're well, one, tri- you are one trip grant. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So back out, which is not good because there's a there's some historical precedents in our family of having back problems. So fingers crossed we make it through that. Okay. Um. All right. I think that's the weekly recaps. That was good stuff. Now let's move on to the saga that dominated. It feels like because the Gaddis stuff happened Sunday. It feels like I almost forgot about the Harbaugh stuff, which was the core of the issue. But things move fast in this world of um, the NCA. Alex shared a lovely video in our group chat of Gaddis crying in December about how much he loves Harbaugh. Now he's gone. He's going to the U. He's going to a stadium that we've been to. But I want to open this up with from my fellow Spartan fans. The question that was on my mind was, were you guys rooting for Harbaugh to actually leave or do you like him staying because you don't like his incompetence at times? Uh, I wanted him to leave because it was late in the cycle and I thought they would make some massive mistake and promote Gaddis or something. Mm. So in that sense... Yes, but I also didn't care if Jim came back because I'm, I do not fear Jim Harbaugh at all. Print the, put that on a t-shirt. So, so yeah, I mean, I really like it was fun to speculate on it, but I didn't care either way. As long as they didn't bring in an Urban Meyer, I wasn't going to be mm-hmm. too worried. As a football coach, right? Because Jim Harbaugh would kick your ass. Well, Jim Harbaugh would not kick my ass. <laughs> oh, I disagree. No, he would not. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you see the picture of him uh, with the Tuck Common shirt? Did yeah. you see those man no. boobs? Okay. Well, oh. it was a, it was, oh, it was a hot take. It was an ill-fitting sweater he was wearing. Mm. Mm. If you have man boobs or a sweater like that, that's supposed to be baggy. It's not a good look. It was just too much cloth. But did you see him squatting on the recruiting trail? I mean, the guy oh, still got wow. it. You can't squat that. <laughs> Big, man <laughs> Big man boob. <laughs> yeah. That guy's not beating any of our ass. Maybe yours, Grant, because you broke your back doing nothing. But <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so Evan, no. you were shaking your head. Yes, I did. Yes. I did want him to leave. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, seven years, eight years into his coaching thing, I think he's now finally turning the corner a little bit. Um, I think he's finally getting players to buy in a little bit more towards the way he wants to do it. Um, he got – well – he used to have better coordinators. We're going to talk about that. He used to have good coordinators. He wasn't stubborn anymore. He gave a little bit more play calling, a little more freedom. Wasn't lined up with four tight ends and a fullback anymore in 2022, basically, or the previous four years. Um, And just like he's a quality coach. He knows how to win. He has a winning record collectively as a head coach. Um, And then the whole notion of like if I look back on this like seven, eight years ago, of what all the Michigan fans were thinking when Harbaugh was hired. And then I can just like laugh at them now that like their saving grace for the program is leaving them. Um, I would have found it funny, I guess. Ironic. You would have liked, you would have liked the memes. I would have loved the memes. I, I would have <laughs> loved memes. all the Michigan fans like trying to spin zone it, being like, yeah, we're better off without him. Um, we're hiring John Brady. Charles <laughs> yes. Woodson's about to be our head coach. Um, Like that notion and stuff. Um, and just the whole like I don't know hiring a new head coach excites me. It's even if it's one not my school. So it was back interesting. Yeah. Michigan State just went through that same process. Different. We had a coach leave in February. You almost had a coach leave in February, so we kind of experienced that a little bit to an extent. Um, so it has been interesting. 
And I think he's always a guy that wants to go to the NFL. So, yeah, I don't buy any of the. Uh, he's never going to be tempted again. I mean, he Ooh. definitely wants to leave. He just didn't get an offer. But you know, Colin, Colin is bluffed. Like, so you think if they have success again this year, he's just going to rinse and repeat this and try to go get another one? I mean, I don't know. And I don't. I mean, I don't blame him for opportunity. it. I mean, I think of this way: he should. If you're leave, in his honestly. shoes and you're just at like just like big picture, you're at your job, and they came to you and they said, "You know what? You've been doing great." You're winning, but it's all the outside noise that hates you, kind of. You know, you're not up to ex- expectations. Some expectations are probably way too high for what this program is or this job is. Um, however, um, we're not giving you a new contract. Here's a huge pay cut, and uh, hopefully you do better next year. Next year comes around, you do better. You exceed expectations. Um, you finally get a monkey off your back. And then a place where you were at had success. Is giving you a little bit of interest. I don't mind dipping your toe into the water and trying no, it. I don't either. Uh, I don't think Minnesota was a good fit to begin with. I don't think the GM and Harbaugh would have clashed. I don't know the GM, but I just looked at his resume, where he came from, and his person that well, not really his personality, but you know, kind of his background a little bit, and then Harbaugh's background. The only reason he got fired from San Francisco was because of his personality and his relationships. Um, so you yeah. kind of need somebody that he kind of knows or can build a relationship with. And I don't know, as a first-time GM, I don't think that's the spot to go. Yeah. I 100% echo your statements. I had wrote down for the Michigan fans, again, I'm the lone one on the podcast, so I don't our, point, our opinions are all valid here. But I'm saying, like, for my fandom spot, I never once blamed him for wanting to chase down his dream of winning a Super Bowl again. I mean, he said as much, like, winning a Super Bowl would be incredible. No, no well, matter what's the highest in highest. football that you can and win. So. Think about this, especially. I can't, I can't, Evan, you can relate to this the most. I mean, Alex and I don't have brothers, but if you were in it against your older brother and you lost on basically the, one of the last plays, that will never go away in your entire life. And like wanting to scratch that itch at the age of 58 is like your last shot, especially with, well, Lovey Smith is 63 and he got hired today, but that's a uh, different That's a fill in hire. Different story. So like okay. they aren't hiring 60 year olds in the NFL. So this is your last ch- shot. I don't blame him for that. The, the the thing it made me think of was the scene in Django when um the the bags are messed up on the raid. Follow me, follow me here. And Jonah Hill's character goes, "I think we all think the bags were a nice idea." So I think all Michigan fans think it's a fine idea to test the waters of the NFL. I just think it could have been done better. That's essentially what I came down to is like this took so long and it's partially all these loser blue check marks on Twitter that have like 5k followers and get that blue check and think they get to break news or insiders tell me the Raiders are a lock. Oh, my birdies are chirping. There's that one guy who said I'm told he's finalizing the deal with the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. Nice, man. And then it comes out um the, the Wolverine or on three. In this case, it was Chris Ballas, who I do think does solid work, but he said all systems are clear like. Jim Harbaugh is signing with the Vikings tomorrow. The interview is a formality. It's like, what are all these people like basing this off of? Can I? I guarantee though, someone has to be telling them that they're not. They're not going to put their whole careers on the line just to to guess. Someone would is leaking that. Agree, but you need that. you need at least three sources that are all saying the same thing that like you trust and have used in the past because this is like the biggest scoop of your entire career. And for all these people to be wrong made it even more maddening. So. That was really frustrating, this whole process of how this all went down and how long it took. But at the same time, 
with Harbaugh, like you're on the NFL's cycle. And this NFL hiring cycle lasted forever. It just finished today. Everything finally wrapped up. So he had to wait and see what was going on. I think I had like a thesis or kind of capsulation as I worked through this timeline, a little bit of facts and what was real and what wasn't that like there's overreactions on both sides. But at the end of the day, the the truth of all this lies somewhere in the middle and there's no one right way to think about it. So briefly my emotions as this happened alex can attest to this the the night that it came out that like he was going to interview to um minnesota and it was a formality and he was taking the job i was angry and i was frustrated because like we had talked about mean words mean words very mean words dark swearing (laughs) cursing names out on jim harbaugh forever out like why does this have to the woe is me why is this happening not neutral thinking not chopping um Mm. And it's like we had talked about a coach had never left his team after making the college football playoff. Uh, well, and now it was happening. Okay. The next morning I woke up, I wasn't texting the group chat or anything. I was just like, okay, I'm fully accepting the fact that we're going to promote from within to keep this recruiting class together. Keep JJ, the the savior that you need to keep, not the savior, but like, you know what I'm saying? The key cog that you need to keep in this piece. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this is going to be our head coach. Cause he's the most experienced guy. He's been there the longest. I was open to whoever could get it. But it made sense it'd be Gaddis since he was there the longest. And then when he finally comes back, I was almost like numb to it. I was like tired of all of it. And I was just like, I'm guessing I'm glad he came back for um, congruency sake. But I wasn't like super elated. Like, I think um, this is where I'll hop in with our listener question. Uh, ben, he said, as a Michigan fan, I guess I'll just cut out the last name there. I just got a little ahead of myself. Uh, ben, as a Michigan fan, I feel slightly betrayed and embarrassed by the entire Harbaugh situation. Betrayed because of how he states he'd do this job for free, then a month later tries to leave. Embarrassed because he came crawling back to us after likely not receiving an offer from the Vikings, then Michigan Twitter celebrated like it's his original hire seven years ago. Am I wrong for wanting to move on from Harbaugh after all of this? No, Ben, I don't think you're wrong. How, how do you guys see that? Our old friend Ben's question. Yes and no. Um, I mean, the way Harbaugh handled it on the NFL's time and all that, I can see that where the frustration comes. But also, like Evan mentioned earlier, like you're going to want to see what the NFL has to say. It's it's the number one football organization in the world. So, yeah, I it's it's a yes and no. I can't give an honest answer one way or the other. Yeah. Truth lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I would say truth lies somewhere in the middle. You have a right to obviously be upset about the whole situation. But like Alex said, I mean, the NFL is running on their timeline. They don't care about when signing day is. They don't care how long this process takes. They're on their schedule. And if you're a candidate, you're going to follow along or you're not going to get interviewed. Um, The whole – and it it hurts, like you said, Grant, like all the people reporting on it. That's what I think made it even ten times worse. Um, If – it was just like, hey, he went and interviewed and he didn't get it and he's staying here. I think that would have been totally fine. But the fact that those interviews were out there and saying, oh, he's signing, but he's coming back. Um, it's interesting. Does he have a new contract if he's coming back? And like, what are those I, details? He hasn't signed that yet, apparently. Being worked on right now is what I've been diving into the weeds about. Um, I don't know if he – I would – it is weird because what he said, I don't know if it's he's crawling back to him, um, but he's currently the head coach for him as of right now. So he's staying, I would say. Um, and Ben, Ben has to put his shoes 
himself in the shoes of Ward Manuel because this went through his same head. Like, am I, do I want to move on from this guy? Because as it was stated, Jim called up Ward at like 7.30 at that day of the interview and was like, hey, I, I want to come back to Michigan. Like, will you have me? Or like basically put the ball in Ward's court. Like he understood what he did was kind of like shady. So Ward's in there like, do I want to keep doing this? And I think the answer is yes, ultimately. And for me, I just think it's like corny. I would say in the celebration part, like the people that were celebrating his return, like, oh my God, he's back. Like that was just so corny. The most you could do is just breathe a sigh of relief that you don't have to go hire a coach in February. That's about what I did. I was just like, okay, who, um, knowing that turmoil was still going to come because I mean, the awkwardness of walking back into Shen Beckler hall and just being like, Hey guys. Uh, so anything happened this weekend? We ready to get into spring football install or what? How's winter conditioning going? <laughs> Like the last two months have been an absolute circus. And as you see, all of your assistants were like talking on the phone, like, hey, where's my next job going to be? Because the next part I want to get to is the communication aspect of this between Harbaugh. Now, scoured a bunch of reports and like, again, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. We have obviously Harbaugh telling Will Johnson, the most prized recruit for five-star of this class, hey, I'm entertaining NFL offers. Okay. I'm going to listen to them. And I'm going to hear them out. Good at communication. Because like I, what I wrote is like most people across America, they secretly look for new jobs all the time. So I guess credit to Jim for being upfront and honest. He wasn't like Brian Kelly. He didn't just spring this on someone. He was telling people, I'm looking at jobs. Okay, now but bad side, Nick Baumgartner from The Athletic, great reporting, says there was a ton of uncertainty in the actual building of Michigan football if Harbaugh would leave or not. Like some people didn't know what he was doing. Some people were like, oh, he's getting the job at Minnesota. And it kind of makes sense because if you think about your life, when something happens to you, you don't just put all hundred people that you potentially could have contact in one group chat and say, hey, this just happened to me. <laughs> like, obviously, he's going to tell his like best people. He's going to tell Matt Weiss, who's going to go with them and helping him with the interview. Hey, this is like happening. So there's the communication part. And then we get into the day of. Okay, so the Vikings come in. I read an athletic piece, great piece by the uh, Vikings beat writers because it's like perfect to get their perspective because they're not biased. They're just trying to figure out what the hell their football team's doing. So they said the Vikings didn't want to repeat the Mike Zimmer and uh, Rick Spielman regime they just had. So the backstory there is Zimmer is a pretty fiery guy and him and Spielman towards the end weren't even talking to each other. When we look back with Harbaugh and Trent Balky and San Fran, they stopped talking to each other and they didn't like each other. And that's how it ended. They're like, okay. And then, like Evan mentioned, the Vikings GM, I'm trying to get his name here. It's Queasy, Queasy Odofu Mensa. We'll go Odofu Mensa. Okay. Sharp guy from the 49ers. He had started out there, like when Jim was there as like a low level assistant. So he knew of him. And he's like, hey, I'd like to interview Jim Harbaugh. That was one of his three finalists that he wanted to interview to be his head coach. And the Wilf family, who owns the Vikings, were like, okay, we'll, we'll let you interview Harbaugh. I believe the Wilf family was skeptical of Harbaugh because they're the owners. They just went through this whole Zimmer-Spielman thing. They're like, we don't know how it ended in 49ers, blah, blah, blah. Jim is going there. I don't know who told him. Adolfo Mensa. Is it Jim Harbaugh's own ego? What He attacks things you know, with his enthusiasm. He's like, I have this job. This job is mine. I'm going to Minnesota to sign this deal. I'm prepping for this interview that offers happening happening the day of the interview now there's also the conspiracy theory like the vikings had just got done with a nine-hour interview with a minority candidate and then you have the flores stuff and so it was a bad look that people were saying harbaugh already had the minnesota job so there's all these crazy things happening in the world of the nfl outside of people's control but the bottom line is everyone's like all right harbaugh is going to minnesota to sign this deal 
Now we read from the article that around everything was good in the morning, around 3 p.m., the vibe of the interview changes. Now that is like, we'll go down and just who knows what happened if you're in the room. I'd love to picture like it just got to the point where Jim was like, so uh, we sign this thing or what? And they're like, oh, no, Jim, we're just doing the we're just doing the interview. We're going to sleep on it. He's like, what? I was here to sign. And then I guess from 3 to 7.30, that little window where things went south, he ends up calling Ward Manuel and he's back at Michigan. So, and there was, and as Tom Plisser reports, there was no offer. There was zero offer given. So any Michigan fan that tries to make it seem like Jim, like decided to like stick to be a Michigan man, that is, that did not happen. Um, he would have left if he got the offer. Yeah. We don't know if like Jim realized he didn't want to be in Minnesota, but it had nothing to do with like, I'm loyal to Michigan, which is like this specific job is not working out. And at this point, no other NFL team wants me. I'm going back to Michigan. That's what happened in Minnesota. Yeah. Summed it up pretty well. It's and then Jim f- shot himself in the foot by saying that he's never going to entertain the NFL again. I don't know why yeah, he would have said that. That is the biggest yeah. thing that... Just like keep your mouth shut. Be like, yeah, I'm back and we'll see what happens going forward. I just I would never commit to something like that. He's going to draw publicly. interest every single year because he's had success in the NFL. He's going to draw At least interest for a couple every more, year. He's going to. Now, like the whole notion of like who's going to get fired next year and like the job opening next year. Um, clearly, it's not going to be nine openings. So you're going to have like two or three options and those teams are going to have like two or three options. So your name might not get brought up. But eventually your name is going to get brought up again. And it's hard to believe that he's just going to be like, no, uh, I told Michigan I was going to be here. I'll never do it again. So my fault. I'm not interested. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a year-on-year thing, but – I wouldn't have said it like in Alex's point. I would not have. No chance. And like one thing too is like the future is what we're kind of touching on here is like with that future comment, where do we go from here? All this stuff happened, but obviously what happens next philosophy is that like he really shot himself in the foot again in the sense of you had your back up against the wall. Like Evan said, they cut your salary. You proved everyone wrong, which is probably a big part of all that. And so you had all this goodwill and momentum and you basically dumped 80% of it just out of the window. In my mind, as a fan of Michigan, 80% of what he had just done is kind of thrown out of the window. Like, let's say they go nine and three, eight and four next year. Everyone's going to be furious. I'm going to be mad because this factors into it. Like you, you actively hurt the the momentum that was being built. And it's not like Michigan has been known to just like hammer the transfer portal the new transfer portal and sign all these flashy recruits so i don't know like how many like what he was really going to be doing recruiting and stuff wise but just like cohesive and i guess vibe of of the facility not good right now i would imagine and so that is her and also in a weird way he put the power back in michigan in the athletic department's hands which i kind of like because it's good to be able to corral um a polarizing figure like Harbaugh, like because Harbaugh had all the leverage here after making the playoff. Like, all right, Ward, bring me the big bucks. Now you go do this and you make Michigan look stupid and like the side piece. Now they have negotiating tactics like, all right, Jim, like we'll welcome you back, but on these terms. And that's why I still think they're hashing out the extension right now with all like the little fine details. Um, aside from that, just the good thing about this process is it exposed the people like I had mentioned earlier, who actually aren't really plugged into this program, and then the crazies on Twitter who will defend the blue wall, as Evan likes to say, no matter what. So a good Twitter the blue cleansing wall is, <laughs> oh, God, 
a good Twitter cleansing happened on the timeline this weekend from the Psalms account via me. I was like, all right, this person had no idea what they were talking about. And they think like Jim's still the savior. So unfollow, 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 like just get people that actually make sense all in one situation. That's really my only, my main thoughts on Harbaugh. And then they can kind of dovetail into the fallout from Gaddis here as we move on. They're all connected, but obviously Sunday morning, you're not expecting it. Josh Gaddis leaves Michigan. Um, what was your guys' initial reactions when you saw this? I know, I mean, you shot the, you shot the text. You're like, whoa, that was kind of out of the blue. I, I was shocked. Um, you know, I looked up his contract. I looked up his salary. I know he came from Alabama, so he kind of has like the Southern ties. I don't know where he coached before Alabama. I don't know if he played or where he played. Penn State was where he coached before then. I have, I, have I think pull up he here. was like a wideouts coach. To, went to Wake Forest. He played actually for the Jaguars and Bears in the NFL. I don't know how much. And then was North Carolina, Western Michigan, Vanderbilt, Penn State, Bama. So all around. Mid- Midwest Vanderbilt, and South. Penn State. So he probably followed Franklin around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you know, the only ties is Alabama and Wake Forest in the Southern region. Um, You know, with the, I think the most interesting part of the Gaddis is like the text messages he sent to the players that was report. I don't remember who reported it. Um, Tom Verheron. Tom Verheron. Yeah. I believe he report. I think that's the most interesting part because what we said in the group chat, like the administration. Um, I don't think he would say administration if he was talking about Harbile not wanting him there. Um, especially the clip that Alex was talking about with when he won the Broyles Award for the top assistant of the year. I don't think Harbaugh doesn't want him there. Um, I think the main rumbling was that. Or at least there was like vocal support from alumni that they wanted to promote Mike Hart when they thought Jim was leaving. And then maybe Gaddis felt disrespected that Mike Hart was going to be a head coach before he's ever a coordinator. Well, I got got bad news for you. You're going to get the Mike Hart talk every single year now that he's a coach on staff just solely because of that he played there. And the alumni are kind of still living in that 2000 Michigan man crazy? Yes. Um, it's okay to have outside viewpoints now in 2022. You know, everybody should adapt. No, no. Yeah. Um, I it butchered does, the yeah, name it earlier. Hurts, it was it hurts crazy, that he's a and I think rusher. he's getting a huge pay pay bump. Um, I do too. He was making nine hundred thousand reported at Michigan. Um, there's probably some incentives there somewhere. Um, and then plus, if Harbaugh's contract's not finalized, part of Harbaugh's contract it, it deals with the assistant salary pool. And the option to per, like give raises to your assistants. Um, Toledo's head coach, reported by the Toledo Blade, turned down the Miami offensive coordinator job, and he was offered one point eight million dollars. Um, so it's hard. It, yeah, it's hard to believe that Miami's not messing around right now. Yeah, it's hard Jeez. to believe that Gaddis is getting at money. least one point eight million. Um, yeah, I think I think it'd be close to two million dollars. Yes, oh, yeah. Luke in the background with the mother effers. He heard that two million. He's like, holy, <laughs> yeah, he making two million dollars at the U. Um, yeah. So Jason Candle, I butcher the name of the group chat. Just now realized that. Um, I was gonna say I didn't recognize the name. Yeah, I butchered the last name. I was close, but just butchered it. Um, yeah. So that was reported by the Toledo Blade. So I mean, if you're not welcome, or if you don't think you're liked where you're at, then obviously you're always gonna want to move on. It's a bad feeling. You money and a you just natural want to be loved. progression. <laughs> you yes. want to be loved. You do. So 
to go back to the natural progression, that's a good lead in here, Alex, to go back to the beginning of all this. So after the initial shock, it was a Sunday morning. I'm just trying to wake up and get a nice coffee from Starbucks. I'm like, oh, it's the score notification, score guy, not ESPN for the record, but doesn't matter. Semantics. Score goes, oh, Josh Gad's leaving for Miami. I'm like, the Dolphins? They don't even have a, they don't even have a head coach. What the hell? Like the Hurricanes? Are you kidding me? Because we went to their stadium. That place is poopy. Their team stinks. Whatever. Well, they're, I guess they're, they're on the up. Sure. They we'll got see. crystal ball now. I don't have very nice words for them, but I'm not going to try to be mean. Anyways, so then I think about it more. I'm like, okay, this isn't completely out of the blue, I guess. It makes sense when you think about it afterwards. He interviewed for the Virginia job like a month ago, and he didn't get that. So that, I guess, it was a chop to him. But like he was looking for jobs. We, he won the Broyles Award. Those guys don't just stay around to be OCs for Jim Harbaugh their whole life. They move on. But it's puzzling more so because of this. It's because of his career trajectory that was happening in front of us. Because I can pretty much promise you if he had stayed at Michigan with JJ or whoever's quarterback and all this offense, because the offense is like all re- mainly all returning the defense is going to be a different story you're probably going to have a pretty decent year you may not win as many games but like you're going to be in line for a head coaching job but then you go to miami which is a it's building but it's a risk right now let's be honest and this might be a chop to miami fans i don't know if anyone will ever hear this but people saying that it was a lateral move it's not like i don't care how how like apologetic you want to be for you they're like a program right now than michigan is michigan just made the playoff miami hasn't been good since like yeah ed reed all those guys i mean they're not they had the turnover chain they got dumped, i think they got i mean your turnover chain got murdered by paul christ in a bowl game okay like you're not some sweet program everything's risky down there right now like cristobal could be a good hire for them it could work out i just it was puzzling that he went to miami to be an oc and what is a lateral job that's not a lateral job like that's a worse school Unless he knows something about the Michigan offense, and to, or maybe Harbaugh was like taking his keys and he wasn't calling the plays as much as he well that happened for wanted. sure. Maybe he just wanted full go, let it rip, and two million dollars. So like I'm I'm no insider or anything, but like it's pretty clear based on Michigan's offense that like once they hired all these hot new young coaches, so that they just start pounding the absolute rock and not really doing the speed and space stuff that wasn't working with Joe Milton, that um things started to change a little bit. I don't know. Could be could be just reading the tea leaves. Um Matt Weiss, the QB's coach, was making six hundred thousand dollars as a first year coach there, so only three hundred thousand less than Gaddis. So that kind of tells you like who was having influence on the staff. And I had a fun little stat deep dive for you guys that you guys will love because it complements your school. The question, the game is, how good were Michigan's wide receivers under Josh Gaddis? Because oh, he's a wide receivers coach. Tweet. Uh-oh, I think I saw this tweet. I think you saw the tweet, but I went a different route because that oh. was the easy route. Because Ohio State's different. I wanted to compare us to possible. our friends in East Lansing. How do Michigan's wide receivers under Josh Gaddis compare to Michigan State's wide receivers? So, they don't. I'm only going to use 2019 and um, 2021 because 2020 is, you know, that COVID year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So 2019, Michigan, Gaz's first year, Ronnie Bell, 12 games, 758 yards. Nico Collins, 12 games, 729 yards. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, 11 games, 438 yards. That's disgusting for him. Donovan Peoples-Jones only got, got less than 500 yards. Yeah, that's and, disgusting. And keep in mind, Nico, seventy of those yards came in one play against Michigan State. Nico Collins and DPJ are like legitimate NFL wide receivers. Twenty nineteen, Cody White, thirteen games, nine hundred and twenty-two yards. Daryl Stewart Jr., nine games, six hundred and ninety-seven yards. Okay, 
let's go to 2020. Well, offense a unit in 2019. <laughs> 2021. Cornelius Johnson, your leading receiver for Michigan last year in the playoff. 600, well, this isn't going to be comparable. 627 no. yards. Eric All, your tight end, is your second leading receiver on the team in 437 yards. Your next wideout is 420 yards with Roman Wilson. Okay, 2021, Michigan State, 13 games, 1,026 yards for Jane Reed, nine games, only nine games, 695 yards for Jalen Naylor, and Trey Mosley, good old Trey Mosley, 530 yards. So, like, I get the offense got better, I sense, We're but, a like, oiled machine. the wide receivers, <laughs> you're a wide receivers coach, you put, you coach Godwin, you coached, um... Alan Robinson at Penn State. You coach a bunch of receivers at mm. Alabama. Did that, did that really, really coaching those kids at Alabama? Did that really translate though? Did yes. all that knowledge did that translate to Michigan? Did you maximize Nico Collins and DPJ? I don't think so. I'm not saying Josh Gass is a bad coach. I was like I said, I was fully prepared for him to be our head coach at some point. But I don't know if the position of the wide receivers really got better under his term, and I don't think it did, frankly. So fair enough. Um. Now another little interesting part alex's rumor mill segment of the week is back no oh. <laughs> i'm not announcing it but grant's announcing it uh oh. there was rumors flying on the board that what factored into this decision are just releasing the info after he's fired there's rumors i'm just gonna say what i heard okay and i'm gonna tell you if it's real or not based on what i've read there's rumors that josh gaddis had sexual relations with xavier worthy's mom and that is why Xavier Worthy did not come to Michigan because the university found out and was like, we can't have that. And they thought it was improper recruiting benefits. Now, did some digging, looked at Xavier Worthy's mom. Uh, I guess it didn't happen. Sam Webb, who is uh, like, like plugged in, the more plugged in insider, he said it's total BS. Total BS did not happen. Um, but it was flying fast in the Michigan interwebs and it was just a juicy story. So, and also, Last year, this 2021, Josh Gaddis was not allowed to recruit for Michigan. So I don't know. You do with that what you will. He wasn't recruiting anymore. I don't know if he was wanted back. Everything is what I'm... I don't know about the whole sex with the mom thing is real. Yeah, no, we're not We're not pushing juicy. that. We're not pushing that. Um, that is just... That is out there, so we have so to just say saying, it. I don't think it feels like Michigan felt like they had some big wig offensive minds, Mike Hart and the Weiss dude. And the plan was for those guys to become co-OCs. And so they wanted to get us to get a job somewhere else. He didn't get one. So then they're like, hey, man, like leave. And so then Miami came calling and he left. That's just my total guess. To ask him to leave seems. Not leave, but like pressure to leave. Not like, hey, Josh, you need to leave. But, you know, just like dropping little hints like. God, it'd be sweet if, you know, Mike had a little bit of an opportunity, blah, 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 blah. I think the biggest hint probably was when they were all scrambling and planning for Harbaugh to leave. Because obviously, like, Ward probably started this head coaching search because he thought Harbaugh was gone. And I think when Gaddis found out he wouldn't be the next head coach, I'm just completely guessing here. He was like, all right, well, if that's not happening, then I need to go, like, get mine somewhere else where maybe I can, like... And to be fair, from an X's and O's, I'm very fascinated. I'm not going to like hate watch Miami. I'm going to watch them. I want to see if this like speed and space actually happens with like no reins. Because I do believe deep down Jim Harbaugh was influencing this offense the whole time under Gaddis. And that had to be frustrating for Gaddis. But at the same time, he was a first time play caller and Harbaugh has been doing offense his whole life. So he's probably trying to work him along. So I am curious to see like Miami's offense is probably going to look vastly different than what Michigan was putting out there. I know like different personnel and stuff, but I'm curious to see like what Josh Gaddis, his offensive mind has. And then again, what Michigan's offense turns into with him gone. 
because it's going to be fascinating just from an X's and O's like nerd standpoint. Miami has um, some dudes. They do. Um, and then we get another tease, another rumor mill, Andrew Anthony saying the next move is crazy. Now he's a college kid. Is this some, this could, I, then I was like, this could be some NIL thing. Like maybe this got a sick sponsorship from Papa John's or something. Like, I don't know. Like, what is he talking about? But he was with Harbaugh later that day, spotted at the women's basketball game. People are like, Oh my God, Andrew Anthony's with coach Harbaugh. So like he knows something's going on. So it could be cool. We will we will see what happens. Uh, it did get me a little excited. It made that tweet again. Like I said, you guys, that makes me think someone's being hired from the outside. But who knows? Because I don't think you'd say that if just guys from within the program were getting promoted. But that's what seems what's probably going to happen. So I don't know. Um, my last year, couple last couple points is I did the history of Michigan's coordinators under Harbaugh and at Michigan, and you think about how much things change. Just fun to look back on twenty fifteen. Tim Drevno, OC, and DJ Durkin, DC, in his first year. And then you move to 2016. Durkin Drevno. killed the man. Durkin was then moved to Maryland, I think, after this and, year. And killed the guy. <laughs> All right, Alex. Thank you for that Murderer. tidbit. 20, just like uh, <laughs> 20, Brian Kelly. 2016, Tim Drevno and uh, Don Brown comes in. And then you have a repeat of that in 2017 Dr. Blitz, baby yeah and then <laughs> this is the craziest what i found and it's a good foreshadowing Who is Tim to Drevno? what is he doing with his life now? Uh, i've never, never heard, heard of this dude's name <laughs> no you guys should do a little deep dive on tim Drevno. he looks like a drunk uncle from somewhere he's kind of funny dan looking eno out. said michigan at one point Ooh, not as a coordinator i think maybe. he was for like four seconds and then he got hired by alabama i think that's right and then 2018 guys get this this is the craze i forgot this happened and mind you this was the year they we're playing for the Big Ten East, and they lost uh, the like sixty-two to thirty-nine year. Um, twenty eighteen, they didn't have an offensive coordinator. Michigan did not have an offensive coordinator in twenty eighteen. They split all play calling as like a cohesive staff, and that is what they did. And Pep Hamilton was like the guy calling the shots. Gross. Oh, Pep! So Pepe. I could actually I could see something like that Pepe. happening, where it's like, all right, we have a bunch of co-offensive coordinators, and like we're gonna let Matt Weiss call the plays. Don Brown was there. And then 2019, that ends. Josh Gaddis comes in. So we have Gaddis and Don Brown for two years. And then we have Gaddis and Mike McDonald. And now we got to replace them both. And from what I have read, again, this is from the same people, the same site that said Jim Harbaugh was accepting the Minnesota job. So mm-hmm. take that for what you will. Um, but it seems like all the smoke is Sharon Moore, the offensive line coach, who's a phenomenal guy. I love Sharon Moore. All about Sharon Moore. And Matt Weiss are going to be co-OCs. Bellamy is going to move to wide receivers coach, which I love because that's what he played. He knows that better than safeties, I'm guessing. Uh, clean scale is automatically the code DC because it was written into his contract. If they have a top 25 passing defense, he gets to be code DC. So whoever they hire probably has to be code DC with him. Mm. Um, and I guess they've interviewed Jesse Minter for the defensive coordinator position as well. This guy, um, he coached for the Ravens most recently in the NFL, so another Ravens product. And then he was is currently the defensive coordinator for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, obviously, their program's a dumpster fire, but he did get terrible DC. program, right? But he, when you gotta make your chops, you get you get, you get hired at a crappier school in the SEC. So he's trying to get better there. Another little bio blast that goes to the Mike Hart point that you made, Alex. I did not know this hand up to me for not being a cultured Michigan fan. But again, I try to block out the bad harness, the good, you know, as they say from happy Gilmore, uh, Mike Hart said some really mean things about Jim Harbaugh in like 2007, like 
disgustingly mean things. So it makes me now there's smoke that Hart might leave because of NFL interest. I wouldn't be surprised if he did because he might just be not using Michigan as a stepping stone, but obviously his career is progressing to like bigger and better things because he did a great job in the running back room this year. Every running back that touched the field for Michigan produced in a good way. So and they like barely fumbled. So I think he's doing the right drills there. So in 2007, just a quick bio blast. You'll love it. I know it's kind of boring, but it's juicy. So Harbaugh was at Stanford and was saying how like, I don't know why he was chopping his own alma mater, Michigan, saying that like Michigan, they don't, they like tell you not to do hard majors at Michigan. So you can, when you're a football player, so you can, you know, be a better football player. Like, duh, why wouldn't you? Like he said, he wanted to be a history major. And they said, Jim, don't do that. It's too much reading. And this is what Mike Hart said as a player back then. He said about Jim Harbaugh, quote, that's a guy I have no respect for. You graduate from the University of Michigan and you're going to talk about your school like that, a great university like we have, to say that we're not true student athletes. I don't know if maybe he wants to coach here and he's mad because he didn't get a job. He says we don't have great student athletes, but he just accepted one of our transfers. What kind of sense does that make? Obviously, he wants guys like us at his school. I don't know how he can say that. He's not a Michigan man. I wish he'd never played here. Hmm. That's crazy. So they must have settled that beef when he hired him, or they just like never talked about it. But it just, I read that. I was like, oh, maybe Mike Hart is not at Michigan to last. Maybe he's just like, you know, let's keep moving on up, which again, his prerogative. Um, my very last thing before we move on from the whole Michigan saga, which is basically like another episode of Kim Kardashian real world stuff is, uh, outside OC candidates. I know you guys love this. You love the crazy names. Does anyone have any guesses as to who Grant would want as the offensive coordinator at Michigan? That's not from within the program. Bill O'Brien. Brady. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> nah. uh, Charlie Weiss. Not Bill O'Brien. What'd you say, Alex? Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> not Dave realistic. Warner needs a job still. Reggie Bush. <laughs> Joe Brady. He just Sean Payton. Uh, Dan Orlowski. <laughs> Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, Michigan is a top program. They can literally get whoever they wanted. You know that? Matt, Patricia, they Dan can, Campbell. They can steal Chip Kelly away from the head coach for UCLA if they wanted to. Mark Helfrich is open. Kyle Shanahan, right. probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Cold I don't really Hill. care. I Hill would just got hired be at Cast Tech. <laughs> a fan of hiring the Chicago Bears offensive analyst. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Tom Herman. Oh. Ew. Yeah. Let's get crazy. He's one, still one, getting paid by Texas. He doesn't need to go do a real job. Won a national championship for Ohio State. Bring him. Bring him to the maize and blue. I don't think he wants to. You guys would have pet monkeys running around everywhere. That'd be sick, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was that. yeah. Tom Herman gets paid for three more years by Texas. That's why he's doing an analyst job, so he doesn't have to do shit. Another guy. can. Now my next candidate is a guy who was recently had a tumultuous year and was let go of his job as a head coach in college football, but has had good success in the past. Are you just going to name it? He lets, he lets his wife kiss the players. Ew. The Nick Florida Saban? guy. Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen. Oh, yeah. Mullen. Well, hey, he won't recruit for you, so I guess it's not big of a deal. Josh Gattis no recruiting from Dan Mullen. Hey, I guess Gaddis wasn't in it either. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and my last one, a guy who's bounced on a lot, he's in the Mac right now. I think Dan Mullen would be a surefire, like out of bounds, like just runaway, fantastic hire if you could pull it off. 
I don't you, think like, he needs to coach think so? either. Florida's paying him still for a while. I, I yeah, because he's probably about to beat ESPN. He was all over ESPN as soon as he got fired. Um, just, his play calling is like top notch when he has like talent on this thing. But I just don't think he's like. But he doesn't recruit program. talent. Correct. So, <laughs> my last one is um, he's bounced around a lot. I believe he's currently the head coach of Akron football. Ew. Terry Bowden. Not, Joe Moorhead. Oh, yeah. He just the got former hired. LSU OC? No. no former Oregon, Oregon OC. Former Penn State. Former Penn State, head coach Mississippi of State, Oregon. Mississippi State head coach, Oregon Stony Brook offensive. Head coach. Wait, right? Um, Is it Stony we Brook? play Akron. We play Fordham. the Zips next year. Yeah, but he, was a, he was a head coach Wait. for some small school way back when. Is it Stony Brook? It says just. It says he just started being a head coach. Oh, Fordham. Fordham. Darn. House not close. Yeah. Those three, if we had to go outside, would be like my realistic, like, okay, this guy wants another shot at being OC somewhere reasonable. Would he be just it, took but, a head coaching job, though. But it's yeah, Akron. well, we hired Clean Scale. Like, I know he was not head coach. He was a quote. Jeff a, Thorne. Hired him late. College mm-hmm. football, you hire people late all the time. If you Get Peyton Thorne's dad from Western. I would love that play. That would be great. That would be drama central. <laughs> the drama. All right. Well, enough of the Michigan saga until they do something else. Someone else leaves the program late in the night. Let's move to college basketball. And I'm just going to say it. Neither of our teams are Elite Eight caliber. I'm just going to get that off my chest Super dramatic. February. Super dramatic the first week of February. But it um, might be, but I'm just going to get that I'm out there. I'm ignoring you. Oh, Your team, definitely not. Your team is horrendous. But well, then Michigan tell State me is yeah, a tell much me better team than Michigan. It's not about that. I'm just saying in the national landscape, national unbiased reporter, neither of these teams are elite out caliber. Michigan State can show elite level basketball. They just are super inconsistent. And then they have a, they have a month to figure out how to be more consistent. That's all it takes. You know? All about paper. the draw. All about the draw. And, you know, elite eight. If you match up with fetch. teams. Yeah, I mean, top eight. Yeah, Ken Pong. Uh, George Mason made a Final Four grant. George Mason went to the it Final could, Four. It could happen, but I'm talking like realistically when you look at these teams, they I just don't see it. I don't know why Michigan's even in this conversation, but we know we know Michigan's not an Elite Eight team. Our, our podcast covers both states, and I guess if they make the tournament, it's all about the draw, but like neither of these teams has a chance. Have fun in the first four, dude. I just know you're going to be there if you get, when you guys get in. And that's not even making the tournament, so we're gonna have to oh, win one to get in. Oh, it is making the tournament technically. <laughs> um, so what's going wrong? This is where reasonable Evan hops in. What is going wrong? Reasonable. Um, let's see. Or doomsday Evan rebounding. No. I don't need excuse Alex. He'll just go. It's the, <laughs> this is a theory about the. He can let let. Did you tell Evan about your theory? Fact. It's not a theory. It's not a theory. Michigan State. The last week of January and the first week of February is like five hundred in the last twelve years under Izzo and then after the first week of February we're like have like a 900 win percentage because Izzo goes full tournament mode in week two of February just historically speaking and it's a real thing and it's called the Izzo Bermuda Triangle (laughs) (laughs) it's just so funny I mean if you if you go back and look at it you you'd be surprised um, I'm just simply not going to go back and look at it because this is a different team and it's just a different year totally. Um, yeah, it is different every year. <laughs> there's multiple factors keen in the inconsistency play of multiple players on the team that have to contribute for the collective of the team to do well. Um, 
they're a complete team. You don't have a superstar, so you can't like blame it on somebody. You don't have somebody that can go and get you a bucket 100% for sure. Um, so like when three or four people have like a down night, it's going to hurt your team collectively. And then you're trying to go to options and matchups and it just doesn't work out. Then you're backtracking. You're trying to catch up. Um, do you guys miss Aaron Henry? Is that what I'm no, hearing? I do not. Yeah, dude. Um, I, I don't. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Because he's soft, and the the way he left the season and how he ended the season is, I will never forget his just lack of God. effort. Because he just didn't box like out in the last play to seal victory. He you lost like us a, the game against UCLA. Oh, you wouldn't even have been there. For. You sound like an absolute nerd keyboard warrior. What do you crapping do? To, on the what effort do you do that he gave that? You wouldn't have been in the tournament season. without him. Correct. He, we you, you just said we weren't in the tournament in the first four. So. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, I did say that, but I'm going to give you that one. But like... He wouldn't have been there without him. True. He would carry you guys through games. COVID year, who cares? Everyone played basketball. <laughs> it's your it's philosophy, not a COVID year. There's so. no excuses. Um, the Rutgers is just a different thing. We didn't play defense, and then I don't think we got any production of our post players when I thought we had positive matchups in that position. We didn't feed the post enough, in my opinion. I feel like we did. We tried. We didn't capitalize in the start of the second half. Um, but like, there's a bunch of stats going on right now for rebounding. It's all about cutouts. Um, and then Long misses. other teams are averaging, what was it? Other teams are averaging six more shots than us a game. Mm. Obviously, they're probably not going to make all six shots, but they're likely if they do. So that's, there's 12 points. But teams averaging like 45, 50% from the field, okay, there's like six points potentially. Um, so it can swing a game. We lost two games on the free throw line. Um, yeah. You know it's gonna be tough because now we're gonna actually face some big boys the rest of the year. We're not playing the weak, the weak kids of the Big Ten. And it was scary to me how like the the win was a sweat. It was a it was it was up fifteen and just took your foot off the gas. You know you get up to a good lead and Maryland did what they did last year to us. They did uh, dribble drive penetration one on one isolation situations where they get the matchup and that's what they just did. And it's the same two players that did it last year. They hit shots. You had to. Give credit to that as well. The good news is, is that Wisconsin is kind of viewed as a big boy, but they're kind of frauds and they're being exposed as such. So that will be a nice bounce back win, I believe. I you know, don't we, think Wisconsin's a fraud. I don't know why they Brad are. Continues to say that they're not. That's good. like that's like Evan saying Illinois is a fraud. They're not either. Both no, those teams are pretty good. Illinois is not a fraud. Evan has a vendetta against them for the mean comments they made about Maddie Sissoko. Wisconsin is a fraud. They can say whatever simply... they want about Maddie Sissoko now because he is not translating and his game is never going to Watch develop. Now watch your mouth. Now we're going to have beat. That's my guy. <laughs> Illinois is still very overrated. Um, congrats. You won at Assembly Hall. Michigan also did win at Assembly Hall. It's not that very good of you know Facts. stats. That's how um, you know they're bad. They have one dude, and I think Indiana is like one of the worst teams in the Big Ten at three-point field goal percentage. So... Um, Wisconsin's offense is just so bad. Back to that, you guys will be fine. It's going to be a bounce back. You're going to do the Tyler same thing. Tyler Wall's playing this time. He did not play against us in the first game. It's going to be a win, a double digit win, probably because off of a terrible loss to Rutgers, it's, it's the same spot. Is like you played well, them it's last the time. Bermuda Triangle. So this is game three of the triangle, and yes, we will win because people will think that we probably won't. All right. I'm looking at Ken Palm. You guys can like it or hate it if it fits your narrative. Same with PFF. I like to do that. But like I, I this Ken Palm guy is pretty smart. We got a good sample size. If you saw the two teams that Michigan State is sitting in between on Ken Palm, I think you'd throw up. 
If one of them's Davidson, it's rightly deserved because Davidson's <laughs> a wagon. Michigan State is twenty uh, second in the country in Ken Palm, and is that let me offense find and it. defense combined average. Yeah, it's like your total efficiency metric, yeah. and so Davidson's fifty eight. So far, they away. don't play but, defense, but they do light up the scoreboard offensively. So you know what? Rightfully so. And then, so your offense and defense is 30th offense, 47th defense. So offense has actually surpassed the defense in terms of efficiency over the course of the season, which Rutgers makes sense when you watch it. Quite a bit. The defense hasn't been what it was in the early season tournaments and whatnot. So the two, there's another, there's a Big Ten team in front of you and a Big East team right behind you. And they are alarming. I'm not saying this is accurate or like how it, I would think it would happen on a neutral court, but it is kind of crazy. Big East team is probably Providence, Providence or Marquette. Marquette. Okay. Nailed it. Big Ten team in front of us. Indiana. Somebody that's average. Someone be- below you in the rankings. Rutgers. No. No, no, no. no, no. Hoosiers. No. no, no, no. Worse. Evans, least favorite coach in the conference. Oh, Iowa. Is ahead of, yeah. Yep, yep. Because they have the 10th ranked offense, offense and the and 90th worst defense. defense. So, there's still obviously, like you said, these numbers can fluctuate, but I would just say to get back to what it's going to take is just that, like, suffocating defense they had in the beginning of the season. I just, I don't, I don't know where it's at. I'm not. I'm not going to do the the panic thing in the first week of February. I'm not going to. No do one's it. asking. I'm not panicking. No, no one. I think we're I've just, just talking I've about what's happening. I've seen this. I've seen this rodeo so many times where it's first hey. week of February and everyone writes us off. It happens all the time. The team that didn't get to play in March Madness, that team in the beginning of February, everyone thought they were like fraudulent. They they suck. They were coming off a of Final Four. And now they look terrible. And then they like. Won six straight ranked games, and then they were uh, going to be a tournament favorite. But it's so Cassius just, Winston walking through that door. I'm not saying that this team is going to be a tournament favorite, but I'm also saying like this team isn't bad. This is a good team that has a chance to be much better. They just have to fix some things that they're struggling to fix. And if they don't fix them, then they'll they'll be an above average team, and they can still get to the second weekend. And it's not not a failure. So we agree, Alex. You said it. They're good. They're not elite. Bang. Not Texas yet. Texas win today? Not yet. Um, it, it's just like the, when, you're, when we're inconsistent, it's like the compound mistakes that are going to hurt this team even more. That we're not like, how do I want to say this without being... Mm-mm. Like, when we, like when we make mistakes, it's going to be harder for this team to come back from because of the overall... I would say talent across the board. You don't have a couple of superstars that you can rely on. This is a team that needs to function collectively all five to do well. And if two or three people are on the court or messing up con- continuously, um, it's going to hurt. You know, we had problems defending defensively turnovers. Um, Tyson Walker got his third stupid foul early in the second half, maybe in the first um, he had to go back in because of foul trouble and situations. And then, you know, this, I said the post player, so I'm not too worried about it. It's just concerning of the inconsistent play against. Uh, we're playing down to competition and playing up at the same time. We're, we're never, we never can just like blow out the bad teams and, you know, struggle with the good teams. We have to just like always struggle with every team. 
and win by four points or lose by four points. With all this being said, I think the next three games are wins. I just pull up the schedule, and I think then the gauntlet of the Big Ten gets real, and we find out how like good this team is ready for a run in March. I don't. I don't think tomorrow's a guarantee by any stretch, but oh, you, seem, you seem confident in it. Guarantee. Wow. I'll be stunned if they lose. Wow. All that. That's a narrative you're creating. So it's a narrative yeah. I like to hear, though. Yeah. No, that is that is some propaganda that I am pushing. So I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to go there. Anyways, now the uh, other team that's a, kind of a dumpster fight right now in the state, the 42nd ranked team in Kempom, Michigan. They are 20th in offense, 108th in defense. Yikes, mama. That is atrocious for a Big Ten team. That's worse than Iowa. We play worse defense than Iowa. Who would have thought? Um, so now's the time for where I apologize and I put my hand up and I say I was wrong because if you went back on this podcast in the beginning, I said I was not worried about Michigan's defense being a cause for concern. They'll figure it out. Uh, they didn't. They stink at it. And uh, our friend and uh, follower, not friend, follower uh, that we follow, Ant Wright, it's Ant Wright, played Mich- basketball at Michigan, follows the team closely, did some deep dives on analytics today. Just going to share these to make my point. Michigan ranks 334th. Keep in mind, there's only 358 basketball teams in pick and roll ball handler defense. 334th out of 358. Nice. They rank 345th, even worse, in ISO defense. Nice. So, Second worst among high major programs, only worse than Xavier. Chop Xavier, they stink. Um, but yeah, so their defense is atrocious. It can't get fixed, really. They're just going to have to win games with offensive barrages, and they tried to do that against Purdue, and they really did. They played good against Purdue. That was a nice game to play. It ended poorly. Uh, Alice can attest. Um, Hunter Dickinson's back-to-back turnovers at the end made me rage quit. Uh, I spiked a Nerf basketball off a chair. And I made some really alarming comments about changing my fan allegiance. They were just jokes. Okay. That wasn't said serious. He was going to be a Michigan State fan. So, oh, yeah. welcome. For all the I Michigan fans, it. Grant said he was going to convert to a Michigan State fan because you lost to a top seven team in the country. Top four. I said, if uh, slightly dramatic. I said if I got hired at Michigan State, if they hired me for a job in the athletic department arena, I would, I would think about converting after what I just no, watched. No, not thinking. You said you would. <laughs> yeah, I did. Anyways. I didn't. I don't think I really meant it. But uh, yeah, it was just frustrating. Like it's one of those games you're not expecting to win, but you play that good, and if you win that game, that is like the that is the like high mark on your report card. You went to Purdue. You beat them um, with a full crowd at Mackey. Like that would propel you to potentially be in the tournament when it's decision day. So that hurts to lose. But like we, like I'm looking, they have, this is the gauntlet coming up of just game after game. They play three games this week. So just strap up, buckle up. Mm-hmm. Um, got to win at least two of the three. You got Penn state and then you got Purdue and Ohio state. So it's going to be a tall task, but you need to win two of those three. To even have a ch- yeah. To even have a chance going down the stretch. So I think they can get Purdue at home. Hopefully the, the Chrysler crowd can like, sack up here and get some noise going in chrysler and we can rattle some people but they match up decently well at purdue they played them tough so hopefully that's a win for them um but no need to spend any more time on that until we see what happens because right now they're firmly out of the tournament and they have to play their way into the tournament and it's still a little bit too early here to know how it's going to shake out need to see this week need to go two for three and then move on from there um super bowl boys the super bowl yeah baby Uh, as you can see, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this new thing. I know we're mainly audio. But we do some clips, but I'm going to have a sport card next to me over my right shoulder for every show going forward. Depends on what it, what it, uh, what what the situation is. As we see here, we got a little Joe Shiesty LSU 
beautiful card. Um, don't tell the listeners, but I also have an Ohio State one. Uh, he didn't really play there, though, so fraud. Uh, so, yeah, Bengals guy, Joe Burrow. Evan hates to see it. I do not have a Stafford one. Um, what are your guys' main over overarching thoughts about the Super Bowl going into it? Looking forward to seeing uh, Joe Burrow play football. I love Jamar Chase, you know, the LSU football connection. I love watching that. Alex has a sweet gritty. I've seen him do it. Mm, I don't think I've ever done it before. Stand um, up, yeah, give I, the I people love. what they want. Go ahead, do it. I, I've never done it. So do it. Yeah, I and uh, yeah, honestly, I want to, Evan, you're not going to like this, but I'm looking forward to. Stafford losing in the Super Bowl, and then all the Lions fans that are claiming the Super Bowl as their own can stop. Because this is not the Detroit Lions going to the Super Bowl. This is the Los Angeles Rams going to the Super Bowl with a guy that used to play for the Lions. And I, I, I've, I've gotten to the point where it's it's making me angry to see all these people like trying to claim it like it's theirs. It's not. Like You and can be a fan of Stafford. <laughs> he's a good guy. Good quarterback. Fine. But... This is not a Lions Super Bowl, and for that reason, I want the Bengals to win. And I'm sorry. Your thoughts? My column, Alex Gill. It's not. It's not attacking you because I. I don't see you wearing a Detroit Rams T-shirt, but I will not wear a Detroit <laughs> One's in the mail. T-shirt. <laughs> what? Um, no, there's not. Um, my Stafford jersey will be in the mail on Monday when I order his jersey when he wins the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, that's a given. Because um, you're a fan of the player. I'm a fan I'm of the player. I'm not a fan of the whole notion that Detroit earns this because Stafford played here. No, you, you blew his chance with that talent, so you don't get to claim anything. I'm not that fan. I just want to see Stafford do well because he finally got out of Detroit and you're finally getting the recognition that he deserves. Um, you already I'm got it, though. Looking forward to the athletes on the field that finally get a chance to shine on the big stage that probably get overlooked by um, some of the QB drama going around the NFL. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow's highlight of the country everybody's fan favorite right now um but jamar chase joe mixon tyler boyd uh t higgins t higgins had fantastic catches the amc championship he is bigger than advertised he's probably looks like a tight end yeah um and then offensive then for the rams you know how much people hate on odell he's still very talented and you see what happens when you have like a competent quarterback throwing to him grant's Um, an odell hater by the way um, it's rightfully so. You had dead arm Eli Manning try to throw him passes, and you had uh, Baker Mayfield try to throw him passes. So just not good fits. Um, yeah, he had some poopy quarterbacks. Yeah. No, no, Baker is better than <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. That's funny. That oh, is funny. on the chest. I did. Uh, I just got that. Oh, nice. thanks, Alex. Oh, big old. You know. Okay. Back to back years, a home team gets a host. Um, there's rumors out there. Mike Florio, I saw today, is out there throwing rumors that Sean McVay could retire after the Super Bowl. <laughs> what? He's like thirty. Um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You can fact check me, but I saw this rumor and that he want he could go into broadcasting after being just done with football after this. Shut your mouth. You didn't see that. Um, I don't think it's real. <laughs> there's articles about it. I mean, I'm yeah. Pro football talks. Mike Florio's floating the possibility. See? He's 38. 36. He's in his 30s. So if he... Now, here's a fun storyline. If they lose this, is it like, oh, McVay like, can't win the big one? No. He just chokes? Over two? Yeah. I mean, come on. Drum that up. And Bill Shanahan Belichick has lost more than two Super Bowls. But he also won six. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Facts. But you got to lose one before you win one sometimes. Uh, no. Always. You don't have to, but it, you can have Like when you said that uh, Big Ten teams don't win their first college football appearance and Michigan did. Oh. That felt good. Let's go mm, back to that. Feels bad. Um, we're also Sorry, we derailed to, there. Uh, you know, just the Super Bowl, it's it's weird because, you know, we're saying the Bengals are in the Super Bowl instead of like the Chiefs or the Bills. Um, but it's it weird. is a it is a good matchup. Um, hopefully, there's going to be more points. Hopefully, it's a better game than last year. But I think just the LA notion, it's a new stadium. Um, I'm looking forward to it, especially now that I have like a cheering interest in it with Stafford. The Detroit the- Rams. They fumbled the they fumbled the bag on the jersey matchup or a jersey podcast. Um, I needed to see my bungles in like orange jerseys or just black and black. But they I went like, black. I like their and, they went. They went black and white pants. That looks so. Well, and the then, NFL has a bunch of like rules on their jerseys and all. All right. Well, it's the biggest game, so maybe tell them to buzz off. Like, okay, we're gonna wear cool stuff, and then the Rams are wearing white with yellow. Yeah. Why can't we just wear the blue pants? I don't know. Like, Alex is gonna hate that. He's not a maze guy. I just don't get why we're wearing yellow pants in the Super Bowl. There's so many better combinations they could have done. I'm gonna choose to ignore that. The Rams white focus. suck anyways. So. They should have uh, been the home team. Well, the, uh, the, they're whatever. white. That's, that's, they're white jersey. Yeah, I don't like. I like the white. Fine with, with blue pants would look solid or just all white, but they went yellow. It's like, ugh, it looks gross. It's gonna clap. I don't know. Who cares? Anyways, what I'm looking forward to is my dumb brain telling myself that the obvious storyline. And the X's and O's isn't going to happen, but it for sure is because the obvious storyline is that the Rams' defensive front is going to bully the Bengals' O line, and it's going to be too much to handle. Like last year, when people were like, "Oh, the Tampa Bay defense is going to cause problems for the Chiefs' offensive line," and we watched it happen for four quarters, like this isn't Patrick Mahomes. Why isn't he doing good? That could easily happen to Joe Burrow, and probably will. But I am such a believer in Joe Burrow, I'm just going to refuse to believe that. I'm just going to tell myself that he's going to figure out a way, even though Patrick Mahomes couldn't last year a good segue into what you're predicting for the game well i have one other point two points no one point for the prediction my last one is i just want evan to address the irony of the situation that we're dealing with in the super bowl that joe burrow is uh doing and accomplishing exactly what all optimistic lions fans always wanted from stafford those years pair him with an elite receiver and overcome the dumpster fire organization you're in any any comments on that? That Joe Burrow yes, is just um, simply Cincinnati doing that. Cincinnati has had success before Joe Burrow got there. Um, regard they had they had success with Andy Dalton. They did get to the playoffs more often. They did not win any of those playoff games because they had Andy Dalton as their quarterback. Um, they did face some elite. Well, they faced Big Ben. You know, they were kind of in a difficult division. Um, they all the Browns did stink when the beforehand Andy Dalton aired the Browns did stink, so you kind of like two wins there. Um you know, I it's just a different situation, I feel like. NFC, AFC, um, never got to host a playoff game. It does make me, I'll say this, it makes me appreciate what Joe Burrow is doing more because I know how hard it had to be to turn this organization around and we all wanted that Stafford do this and he simply could not. And 
obviously like, if you put a gun to my head and said who are you picking to be your quarterback i'm picking joe burrow because i just love the guy and so i was like i do think he's more talented just, they both have crazy talent but like yeah it, it's very impressive what burrow's doing and i was thinking about the irony of this whole situation when they're matching up this organization you know is a dumpster fire they don't have a training facility they went and trained at cincinnati bearcats facility football facility they're indoor whatever um but cincinnati has drafted way better than the Lions ever drafted with stafford there um yes they picked a couple decent talents here and there but uh your first round picks when they're nick fairley and when they're eric ebron and those titus guys, young titus young you know <laughs> ryan broyles michaela shore wow they're guys that have to contribute in the first round and we're going to talk about in the offseason when the draft's approaching here and that like you have to hit on your first round picks and when they're not transitioning then you're, you're pushing back your organization your quarterback who your best players can only do so much um watch your mouth alex brandon Pettigrew. did we already say him no that's fine but you said jeff okuda i said you watch your yeah mouth. jeff okuda sucks um so i feel like stafford almost elevated him as far as they could get with like the talent on the roster you know the bad call in dallas will never get over um it hurts it does alex your prediction for the game, it's a four and a half point spread, 48 and a half over under. What do you got, man? What do you have for the people? We're not a betting podcast. Mitten Money does that, but we just want to we seven, 17 Rams. I don't. I think the Bengals are going to struggle mightily with the line. And your buying, offensive line is tough. I'm not, not going to buy lie to the people. I'm going to tell the truth. Um, 30 to 27 bungles, Joe Burrow, MVP. You know the bungles, why Why I say that? Do you know why? I, I don't know why you say the bungles. Bungholes. Oh, I didn't know it was that simple. I thought there was an actual reason. Yeah, we're making fun of the bungles because Matt and Luke are Steelers fans and they'd call them the bungles, like the bungholes. Well, how the tables have turned. Yeah, so you've been insulting your team. No, but I use it as a term of endearment. 30-27, Joe Burrow MVP carried off on the shoulders. Legend. There's a new Joe, Joe Cool. Joe Shiesty. Joe Burr. Whatever you want to call him. Oh. Evan. Um, you said just call him Joe. I think the teams wearing white are like 14-3 and three in the last 17 playoff games. Oh, stop it, Evan. Tom Brady. You know, I didn't believe it three. until last year happened. And like the Chiefs no, I believe were you, the but... runaway favorites. And Tampa Bay comes out in the whites and they win. Um, there's something that has to be something weird. There's a weird mojo. NFL is a little rigged. We've, we've seen it a little bit. Wow, that's a big accusation. Um, <laughs> Sound like Wyatt. There's, like, there's whole motions and like games integrity. Fits, you know, um, I had a summer score to Grant. Um, I had 31 24 Rams. Mm. You know, the Rams showed grit. They have some very talented players. I think they can keep it close. It came back against the Chiefs. Um, so they can do it against anybody. Um, the Rams wanted to lose against Tampa Bay in the second half, so they are a team to enact to give up leads. Uh, it's a Stafford trait. Just kidding. Just, just a joke. No, Stafford trait is actually coming back in the fourth quarter and leading their team. I victories. know. It was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, you better watch your mouth about John. Get your Stafford. Detroit Rams t-shirt. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the uh, Rams MVP, uh, how Jaquiski Tart plays in this game. <laughs> <laughs> You know, at least he tweeted out said it was on him. You know, you're darn right it is on you. Um, yeah. And your quarterback was playing injured, which is dummy. So whose fault was it really? Um, but I'm, I think the Rams will win. 
I hope they do win. And I think Aaron Donald, you know, the way he his emotions off after the NFC Championship game and his passion to wanting to win the Super Bowl, I think he's going to elevate his game. So I like the Rams. Hang the LA Lions banner at Ford and, Field next year. And no way an attempt to uh, change any of your minds. Um, does anyone know what this year's Chinese New Year animal is? It's a tiger. Where Joe care. Burrow, where Joe Burrow and Jamar Place played college football at. Where Odell Beckham played college. Ohio football State. At. Joe Burrow was at Ohio State first. Two where Andrew Whitworth. was at Kansas actually first too. <laughs> Andrew Whitworth also played at LSU. Oh. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Um, our last part, we actually have some life questions. I'm not gonna call them life advice because that's ripping off. Oh Ryan my gosh, I totally podcast. forgot about these. Let's get after it, boys. I'm not sure what we will end up titling this segment if it continues, but we'll just call them listener life questions for now. Just call it life. Life. Life with the the boys. Life with the boys. Yeah, that seems right. With a Z at the end of boys. No, do not put a Z at the end of boys, please. And then put it on a boys in the hood album cover. We'll put it on like a life cereal box. Life with the boys. Um, And then our faces. Or the board game. The board game. Um, the first question is a nice, simple one. Who can put up the most weight? Bench, curls, and squat. Anybody Not me. First? Not me. Um, Alex, I already got my predictions. You said you had your predictions, so just go ahead and yeah. just... uh I would say squat is Evan. Oh. I'd be I'm second in that. Say, uh, I think I Alex can bench and curl squat. the most. I think I'd be last in squat. 100% agree. I think, uh, yep, I can squat the most. Bench of curls probably goes to Alex. Did improve my bench, but I assume you've improved your bench, so I'll give it to you. I appreciate it. You guys are I haven't hang clean since I was Oh, my gosh. I I did hang clean. Um, I got got 205 recently. Okay, maybe not me then. (laughs) That's that's good weight. I was throwing weight around. You could run the furthest, Grant. You could run the furthest. Time distance running. That's Grant. I think Grant. Could you could you finish a mile under eight forty five? Yeah. On lap six, let's say you're let's say you're um in our alumni to come to high school and you're on the indoor track. You have to go just over. You just have to go just over ten. You know, it's like ten and a quarter or whatever. Ten and like a curve. Um, could you get past lap six? Yeah. Let's say you're on laps. You just finished lap six. You're on pace to beat eight forty five, and you just give up. Who who would do that? Jeez, <laughs> why? He just gave up. Said he physically he couldn't do it anymore. He He's said he physically couldn't do it. He's twenty years old, dude. <laughs> yep. Over break, it happened to him. It's outrageous. <laughs> couldn't finish a that mile. That is absurd. Yeah, I should. I I'm not going to put myself up there for any weight, considering I threw up my back this week. So. <laughs> I'm in, recovery. I'm in recovery mode. Um, all right, next one. These next two deal with females, something that we all know a lot about. I know very yeah. little about. Experts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one, my buddy recently jumped into a relationship really fast, and we are nervous it's all going down too quickly. Do we approach him and say what we think or let it ride? Thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen. Basically what they said. Um... You said they love the show. I don't know. I don't think you say that. I don't think you say anything. I really don't. I think you just shut your mouth. (laughs) I think it depends on one thing. Is there like massive red flags? Like, 
the chick is dating him for his money is is like he like rich like there, there's there could be some like glaring red flags is she a hooker oh i mean <laughs> some things like that that could be like a big problem okay but it but unless there's like no massively glaring red flags i would probably say just you know if, if he's happy you should be happy man I 100% echo Alex's last point. You know, if they're happy, the relationship is healthy and happy, and uh, he's doing well, maybe even better than he was single, I think you just let it ride um, and just go along for the ride and support him no matter what happens. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the line. Like if they were like, depending on how quick, obviously, if they're like, oh, we're moving in, I might say, I might make a comment like, wow, that's fast, but I wouldn't actively try to talk him out of doing that. Like, I would let them move in if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Now, with Alex's point, if I saw something that was like, hey, she's messing around behind your friend's back, mm-hmm. or she's actively trying to use all his money, or she's a hooker, mm-hmm. I would say something. I'd have a more serious conversation where like, hey, this is not what you need to be doing. And you have to be prepared for them to tell you to go F yourself, because yeah. they're not they're in a different yeah, mind you, frame. You they're- also risk, like, you know, causing some serious tension in your friendship with the dude, or yeah. whoever, I guess it is. I don't yeah. read the question. And if yeah. it ends poorly... You never say I told you so. You just you just say I'm sorry, man. Like you don't. Well, you don't you can, no, you can. You can say yeah. I was thinking it. Just I should. All have right. Told if you she's earlier. a prostitute and you say, oh. "Hey, she's a prostitute," and they say no, then you can say I told you so. If it ends poorly, <laughs> <laughs> if and only then. But pretty much just when in doubt, sit on the sidelines and just watch it unfold. But observe in case sure. you find any red flags. A watchful eye. <laughs> Um. All right. Last one here. Good. Good ones this week for the first time. A girl. Parentheses. An attractive one. Oh. Nice. What are we talking about on the scale one to ten? Seven, seven and a half and up. Oh, gotta be. Oh, comes up to you in a bar and says, "Let's take shots." Oh boy. Do you think she's doing it for free shots or because of genuine interest, asking for a friend? Dot dot dot. Which means you're asking for yourself. Dot dot dot. Um. She just wants the free shots. That's that's how I that's that's what my gut said when this I happened. I don't. I think. Well, it depends on the type of bar you're at. If you're at a Rick's in East Lansing, and it's probably an 18 year old, um, mm. it's probably <laughs> not genuine interest. But if you're you know older at an older bar, like more sit down style, and someone does that, then I think maybe it's more realistic. Um, you know, I, I think this is case by case situations. Um, definitely changes. Yeah. Um, in my case, this would never happen to me. They would be definitely using me for, uh, shots. Um, cause it's never happened in the four and a half years, five years that I've, uh, been able to get this to go on. Never. It is, never it is an aggressive move to just go. It's up. never well, happened. Animally, well, I was going to also I was seen gonna other people happen to them, you know? So but like if you're the guy and you're like a handsome guy, you feel confident in yourself and they came up to you, I think there might be a little bit of interest in there. If you look like me, you know, your height's like me, you're down like below the sea level, you know, they're I mean, definitely maybe, maybe using the problem. you. They're definitely using you just straight for the drinks. You're still going to do them because it's the first time you've ever talked to an attractive girl. So you're definitely going to do them. You're going to have fun. And then afterwards, you can talk about Evan wow, that hour. was cool. So I would do them no matter what. But, you know, case by case situation. Well, I was going to ask, does this happen? Evan, you answered, but does this happen to you, Alex? This has like, never happened to me. Like, I don't, girls don't just, I don't think, just come like, let's get shots. 
Not not in a manner like that, no. Usually, I mean, if there is shots being bought, it's, there's like conversation first. It's not just yeah. walk up to someone. Hey, let's. And let's I think go that's do. what this person meant. I don't think it was an immediate hey. I think I'm it was attractive. Just, let's get shots. Like I don't think that's how it happened. I think they were talking. And she's like, you want to get shots? I think then that has more interest. potential for genuine interest. Yeah. If you're talking, that actually, no, I think that happened to be once in New when I was in New York, but I was like. I was very drunk and this is something I'm bad at and I, this, I, I don't know if there's a strategy to this. I typically never am like, Hey, let's go get shots. If when like in my single days talking to a girl, it just never comes to my mind. Maybe I'll like, if I have to go get a drink, I'll be like, Hey, do you want a drink or something? But I've never been like a me like, Hey, let's go get shots. Like right away. I don't know. I, I witnessed it this weekend. It wasn't me. No one was buying me shots. I did get to take one cause I was in the group. Mm. But I did. I did. Did you write see in this, this question, Alex? <laughs> no, no, I oh. should though. Well, I think this question was in well before. In your I experience, went to the bar. in that, um, in that exchange, was there genuine interest, or was it just kind of, hey, well, I'm a girl and I want funny shots? Story. What happened was, girl took shot and uh, <sighs> yacked it on the floor. Oh, like, right, right in front of us, and then like, <laughs> like <laughs> she turned around puked looks back at us and is like starts talking and we're just like did she just did she just puke on the floor she just do that thing and i look over and there's just like chunks Ooh, it ew. wasn't like a nice puke it was like a, a so nasty gross, little yeah. chunky puke and then yeah huh. the, they uh they went their a separate ch- ways a chunky puke was it tequila shots it was you guys are crazy bro I don't blame her for throwing it up, actually. Tequila shots are crazy, Evan. Come on, what are we Come talking on, about Evan. here? They're the best. No, um, If you ever want to, like, a very low-key no shot. Salt, though. Oh, that's bad. A low-key <laughs> shot would just be a green tea shot. I've actually gotten one of those before. They're fantastic. Green tea, lemon, lemon drop. When we went to Ann Arbor, uh, Evan, I, I was buying us three a round of shots, and yeah. you told me I had oh, to yeah. get something super easy. I asked what was the that dude. Called? For something super easy, and it was like blue. I can't now. Yeah, I can't remember what, was, what it was called? It was a cool name. It was unique, though. I think it was unique to that bar. No, I sw- looked it up, and it, it was a real thing. A uh, comic? No. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, it was. was it I a think, blue kamikaze shot? No, that doesn't sound right. That feels right. It looks the same. Um, it could be. I guess our takeaway is: if it's an immediate, come up to you and get shots. She's probably using you, but if it's genuine talking, genuine talking for a little bit, flirting, you feel, you know, you know what's happening. She goes, like, want to get shots? Probably interest. I think no matter either what, way, the biggest point, and, you do it. And here's the thing. Yeah. And you don't think happens. about, you don't think about the meaning. You just have a great time. But yeah, let's get shots. We're out at a bar. Let's get drunk. And then you go from there. And then maybe something good will come of it. Yeah. And then maybe you'll be a father in nine months. And that would mm. depend on your life situation. That'd be good or bad. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Little Junior on Trojan you know sponsorship. You should wear you should wear those. We're gonna go right to Trojan. We gotta stop at the lower levels first, I feel like. Absence like, is what the is safest. A, uh Durex. <laughs> I was at a restaurant on Sunday and uh it's the first time in a long time I saw Put on a condom. selling they were selling condoms in the bathroom for seventy five cents. That's a bargain. You should have bought at least a couple of them. Oh, I'm sure they were great. Good value. <laughs> I'll probably have a couple holes in them. All right. Well, that is our show. I do want to say one note. We had a ton of questions. Great work, everyone. Um, if your question 
question was not answered. Do not worry. We did not ignore it. We will get to it in a future show. Like we had a lot of Lions draft talk and Lions offseason. Like we're not there yet. We will get there and we'll make sure to use those questions to facilitate that conversation. So no worries. Um, our social accounts at Shot of MS everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever we're at, at Shot of MS. How to listen to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. It's 11.30 p.m. Just turn that on a Monday. All we ask, it's for, this show is for free. All we ask, the grind, whatever. You love it, you hate it. All we ask is if you, res- if you respect the show, just a five-star rating, a review, a YouTube subscription, a review there, whatever, a comment. Anything helps. Any little thing helps to bump up that algorithm. Share the link with a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to go. And again, continue to submit those questions via the form we put out every week. And with all that being said, Cheers to uh, episode 58 and to seeing what the Pistons pull off at the trade deadline and me squishing this can. And then we'll be talking about whatever the Pistons do or don't do on next show. Cheers to Matthew Stafford winning a first Super Bowl. Oh, wow. That was obvious one. Good call. Cheers to the LA Lions first Super Bowl banner. <laughs>